On today's show, we're going to talk about the Cavs going to 0-2 in the preseason and more. I want to thank you for making Locked On Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. All right, the music you heard on the way in is from our friends at Astro Radio. Check them out on Apple Music or Spotify. I am Chris Manning. I cover the Cavs and the NBA for places like Diamond Up Rocks and Espinations for the Sword. My co-host is Evan Damerel. He is also for the Sword, but primarily at Right Down Euclid. Evan, let's talk about preseason game number two for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's a loss at home to the Philadelphia 76ers, sort of like the, you know, like the, the preview of like a play version of Donovan Mitchell's home debut. They lose this game 113 to 97, no Joel Embiid for the 76ers, obviously no Evan Mobley for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Evan, my takeaway from this game, as much as we can take away from anything of meaning from preseason games, is that I think this is still very much a group that is still learning itself, finding itself, and is. I, I think if there's a reminder of what's to come here, this is not going to just immediately... Like, there's going to be things that work right away and optimism about little things that maybe click into place as you see them. But kind of more broadly, this is going to take time for this group to really figure itself out fully and kind of get everything kind of flowing on the same page. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I think Philly going small and playing P.J. Tucker at the center spot. Uh, Karis LeVert said it through them for a loop. Darius Garland said it through them for a loop. J.B. Bickerstaff said just the Sixers played more physically in this game, and I think that just kind of... It was the first punch in the Sixers landed the first blow, if you want to like you know frame this in a rocky sense, because, you know, Philadelphia sports, but... It's just kind of where it is, and I agree with you that this cast team is still very much learning how to function out there. You definitely noticed Donovan Mitchell struggled in the first quarter, and he struggled for the better part of the game. He was missing free throws. He, was, he just like looked off, and I turned to a friend of the program, Danny Cunningham, because he was sitting next to me in the press box, and I said, that was a fairly uh, suboptimal first quarter for Donovan Mitchell, and he's like, I would agree with that, but in typical dry Danny Cunningham fashion. But I agree. Like, it's a preseason game. I'm not too, too pressed on it, I think. Like you said, no Evan Mobley definitely made a difference. I think having no Kevin Love definitely made a difference, too. Dean Wade tweaking his ankle, no reason for concern. But, like, missing at least Mobley and Love, like, two key guys, and kind of, like, what you kind of build around your both your bench and starting lineup makes it hard to diffuse truly like what this game is at face value. There's small subplots and threads that we can maybe pluck from this game that we can talk about for sure in this one, but I'm not too pressed, but definitely offensively, like the, the Cavs looked a little shell-shocked at first because the Sixers landed a pretty hefty blow against them. And you did notice in the second, third, and part of the fourth quarter before it just kind of got away from them that they, they, they scrapped a little bit. They used their defense into converting to offense. And at this at its core, this Cavs team is a defensive first team. So they kind of just leaned on what was most comfortable for them at the end of the day. 
I think what we kind of see here is is like like for instance, Donovan Mitchell picked up an offensive foul at one point because he just was pressing a little too hard and like just kind of puts his shoulder into a guy that that his body was turned. Like he was just trying to force something after he kind of you know missed the four free throws and then you know there's the lane violation and he finally gets one. But just kind of getting into a flow took a little bit of time. Um, you know, Jared Allen for the second game in a row missed like a a, a little bunny at the rim that he's just not going to miss when the season gets going and and look Evan Mobley not playing is a part of this I mean he is key to the defensive scheme he's key to everything sort of functioning um you can tell that there I think there is an adjustment period into playing with Karis Levert and playing with guys who aren't Lowry Markkinen at the three in that starting line Markkinen had a very defined role um Mitchell obviously you know didn't use that but those other guys are used to a different three there like they've had a little bit of practice time you know the the Nashville trip that was the the hubba blue of media day in terms of everyone asking about this this Nashville workout trip but like this is just gonna take some time and I think if you're thinking about okay how does this lead into the regular season how does this lead into the next two preseason games I think you're just looking to see continuity get built I think you're just looking to see them get reps I think you're looking to see how this works and it, it was notable to me in some ways that like Doc Rivers pulls all of his guys out the guys that are really the core part of that team out a little bit earlier than JB Bickerstaff did if you look at the box score for this game uh the you know the again the Cavs lose and that's fine because it's the preseason but like James Harden plays 24 minutes you know Darius Garland plays 31 Donovan Mitchell plays 28 right uh Tyrus Maxey plays 25 this wasn't like so, such extended minutes that I mean Jared Allen played 34 freaking minutes in this game this is not for the most part so much more than these other guys but it's just like a little bit more and I think that tells you that JB's like I need to get my guys a little more time on the court just to kind of try to help things gel before they play Toronto on the 19th. Yeah, the JB more or less said that. Karis LeVert said that them having five days off between preseason game one and two was a little bit too long of a layoff for them. Darius Garland says, like, yeah, we're not really used to having this much free time on our hands. Um, but JB <laughs> said it was by design to play his starters through the third quarter and started like you know pulling some guys out obviously towards the end of the third and then obviously just letting the bench emptying the bench completely in the fourth and just rolling with it from there but getting them some more floorboard and get them some more time on the floor together and like you said these live reps are extremely valuable for this Cavs team because they're trying to learn who is their starting three can Donovan and Mitchell and Darius Garland coexist and I I think they can but there's going to be growing pains and the better way to do that is get live game reps and I had asked JB about this in terms of regard in regards to live game reps with like Evan Mobley missing the entire preseason. Like I think that's going to be something kind of worth watching um, when the regular season really gets underway. And JB said he's not concerned about the defensive stuff just because Mobley is so important to this defense and he's just so cerebral as a player on that end of the floor. But he's like he he told me like he believes there's going to be some growing pains just because he doesn't have that experience of getting live reps with Donovan Mitchell on the floor when it isn't. The same guys, just the same guys every day in camp on the practice facility floor. So it'll be a little bit of an interesting thing, but I, I agree with you. Um, playing these guys 30 plus minutes was the right call in this game, especially when you have a bit of a gap. And I mean, you only have a, a game in between, a day in between when you play Atlanta next, and then you obviously have another day off, then you play Orlando, then you have another five days off until you play Toronto. So, like, you need to maximize the potential of your preseason so that you're more physically equipped to handle the rigors of the regular season when practice availability goes away and it's more game upon game upon game upon game times 82. 
Yeah, I almost think the the game thing is what's going to help them get into a rhythm. Like, that's what's going to solve a lot of this. You know, like, they'll play an oh, Atlanta team on Wednesday that was in Abu Dhabi and has played the, the Bucks twice, right? Like, they and then they'll play the Magic on Friday. Like, they're, the, the rest of this week, both in terms of us getting into uh, podcasting rhythms and with game coverage and, the more, I think, more interestingly, the team, they will. This is like a more normal, reflective of what the year will be like week for them. I think the five days off thing is interesting to me because, like, yes, like the the free time thing is sort of funny, and I'm just like, do you not like what are your hobbies? Darius Garland's like tweeting about what restaurants to go to. I'm like Darius, like. So, I actually asked him about that. He was asking did, for a friend because he's like, I have a private chef. I don't really go out that often. Which re- respect, Darius? Like, flaunt your bag, but also go. Uh, you have the money. Go do the Cordelia tasting menu. That's, this is this is my advice. Have a Ricky, and like eat the tasting menu when you feel like you can have a nice cheat day. I'm just it's it's a delicious experience. You'll need a long nap after. But I'm curious just to see like how the rhythm picks up, how this picks up. And look, getting Evan Moby back again will be a big deal. This will feel like more normal, more functional. Um, when Evan Moby is back, when Kevin Love is back, um, when Dean Wade, we'll talk, we'll talk about the, the 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 injuries that aren't super severe with those guys really in segment three. But like, they just need to get into. I think just playing games will like solve some of these issues and get to iron some of that out. Like, there's practice obviously helps them setting expectations and all that stuff helps. The rhythm of what an NBA season looks like, I think, ultimately means that you have to play games just to figure stuff out and get time to gel. And there's only so much you can do to simulate that. And we're just sort of treading water thinking about this. Okay, after the break, though, we're going to give out a Game Awards, which are MVP, Stat of the Night, Play of the Night. But first, I'm going to tell everyone about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. And if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? It's delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right, Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to the Cookie Dough Chunk Puff. It has a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, and it's healthy for you. They have 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein. Go to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat, or you can find a hiding place. Just hoard them for yourself. Like all Built Bars, the Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty, covered in cookie dough with light, fluffy texture. And what's great about Built is that all our bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. They also have a pumpkin pie puff right now that uh, I have my eye on. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED on 15 and get 15% off your order. Again, the promo code is locked on 15 Use that at built.com. Save 15% on your order. Okay, back here on the Lockdown Cast podcast, I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Damrell. Evan, my MVP is simple. We don't even need to discuss it. Technically, two players did miss this game with injury, one of whom got hurt in the third quarter. My MVP is that Cavs aren't suffering real injuries. That's it. That's that's the whole thing. Just no significant injuries for the Cleveland Cavaliers. No, and like you said, if uh, obviously Kevin Love and Evan Mobley were sidelined prior to this game, but JB Vickerstaff kind of alluded to the fact that if this was a regular season game, um, they both probably would play in this one. Uh, probably did it for Dean Wade as well, who had a slight ankle tweak in I believe the third quarter of this yes. game against. Yes, 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 um, we will, but we will, I asked him. We will. Yes, we will talk about this. Let's put a pin. 
we'll come back to that. Perfect. So I think that's a good pick. Uh, obviously, just not with Stanley like Ricky Rubio and stuff like that. But like nobody really getting hurt. Like these guys kind of learning and just kind of using this as like an actual scrimmage opportunity to maybe execute some things, try some different just looks and wrinkles and things like that. Um, really does help. And I think that's a great MVP pick. But for me, my MVP pick is Karis Levert, who has played really well in two preseason games for the Cavs, I think. He kind of revealed his hand a little bit tonight, saying that he's been playing a lot with the ones during training camp and for the first two kind of practices that they've had together. So maybe he is the starting small forward for the Cavs. And if he is, he has shown some things that are good. And I'm not fully going to commit to the idea and say, yes, this is the definitive answer for Cleveland. But Karis LeVert looked sharp tonight and stepped up in ways that I kind of haven't expected him to so far in the preseason. And just shouts to him. He's looked really good. Just kind of slotted into that spot. Ball mover. Not sticking in his in his in his place and dribbling 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 pull up Karis Levert is a much more interesting player and and the way he's playing it, it functions a lot better than it would have if it's kind of the way he's played last year um this is a, we've seen I think a better version of Karis Levert his stat line in this game 13 points five and nine from the field one of four from three I believe had the first three of the night for the Cleveland Cavaliers uh two of four from the free throw line three assists and three rebounds okay Evan, my this this leads into my play of the night, which is a piece of Carousel Vert defense. He's not going to get credit in the box score for this, but in the second quarter, um, he has a rotation where Tyrese Maxey's driving at him, and he is is able to slide his feet um, enough where he is able to at least cut off Max a little bit. He doesn't totally cut off Maxie's path. Maxie was too quick. But what he did was allow Jared Allen to have enough time to slide overall to the shot. The Cavs go on a fast break. I don't believe they scored on the fast break, but Karis LeVert, if he's going to do that kind of stuff on defense, and you can look at him and say, like, okay, like he can at least do a little bit and he's going to compete, that is very telling to me. If he can make some of these off, kind of more off ball, not directly on ball, loaded up defending guy plays, I think his some of the defensive stuff with him, I, I would feel better about. And if, if he is understanding that's my role, that's my assignment, and I'm going to funnel stuff to this to Jared Allen or to Evan Mobley or both of them, I, I think that's kind of an indicative sign of, of, of Karis Silver being a functional defensive player. I, I absolutely agree. I think you saw a little bit of glimpses of it tonight, too. Like, he handled the task of defending James Harden. Uh, Isaiah Mobley followed him on a three-point attempt, him as in James Harden. We know what happened to Dean Wade in game one between Cavs and Sixers during the preseason. So Karis Levert did a pretty decent job defensively, and like this isn't something you're not really used to seeing from him just as a player up to this point in his career. So maybe, just, I don't know, maybe J.B. Kristaps is able to tap into guys who are kind of defensive misshapen players and just kind of iron them out and bang it out a little bit to figure it out. But my sad of the night pick for me, Chris, is the fact that the Cavs were 5 of 21 from 3. Uh, they, just for reference, were 14 of 33 in Game 1 against Philly in the preseason from 3-point range. And I think this kind of goes hand-in-hand with the Cav- the fact that the Cavs dealt with a smaller Philly lineup tonight, like P.J. Tucker and the Sixers really were switching on them and trying to frustrate the Cavs and were kind of kind of forcing them to funnel inside and then just like wall them off a little bit because they were daring. It was Jared Allen who was really making the offensive impact to start the game for Cleveland. So, you could just notice like a bit of a just a, a tonal shift, a stylistic change, just because Joel Embiid wasn't out there. The Sixers weren't really looking to play a traditional big man, and then four out alongside them. And you know, I know Embiid is a five, a shooting three or, or a shooting five to begin with, but he um, is also a big man at the end of the day, so you have to respect that. So 
it's just a little bit of a different stylistic change. I just think the Cavs kind of were thrown for a loop by that, and you really saw it, and they just were not able to find any momentum or rhythm for the better part of this game. And you alluded to it, man. Like, they did not hit a three-pointer, and it was Karis LeVert who uncorked the first one. They did not hit it until, I think, like four minutes, 30 seconds left in the second quarter, and then Darius Garland and Dean Wade both hit one soon after him just to kind of balance it out. But, like, the Cavs... We're in a drought for the better part of the first half without hitting a three, and they, it kind of set the tone for how this the, the gap between the Sixers and the Cavs just really widened early, and then the Cavs were just clawing the way back in it throughout the rest of the game. Yes, okay, so my stat of the night, um, I think we, we have a little wires crossed this time. Oh. Yeah, okay. Uh, my stat of the night would just be... Play, did, yeah, yeah. Darius Garland, seven assists, five turnovers. The ball has very much been in his hand the whole preseason. It very much feels like what sort of the broader plan is here, and I think this will help Garland be himself and be kind of what he was last year. I think he's going to be so much of the orchestrator. He's going to be so much of the guy keeping things going, and Mitchell's going to be the the, the scorer, the play finisher. That's going to be the give and take with them a little bit. That's obviously not always going to be the case. I think Mitchell... Um, you know, I think Garland's just kind of ahead of him as a as a creator. He's better at it. So I, I would not be surprised if this is just kind of like there's a Mitchell is averaging f- fewer assists than Garland. Um, you know, he had less tonight. He had less. I'm checking right now. He had less in the well, actually he had more in the first game. He had, Garland had four. Mitchell had five. But I would not be surprised if there's a lot of games this year where it's just Garland has way more assists than Mitchell just by what their functions are going to be. Yeah, I, I agree with that assessment. I think also you're not asking Donna the Mitchell to average tennis tonight either, but that is an interesting thing to note. Like I the turnovers were an issue for the Cavs tonight and I just think in general just like not great. But it's because we had our wires crossed crossed rather, my, my play of the night was Isaac Okoro uh block, had a nice block with about two minutes left in the half and carried led to a Karis Levert layup on the fast break, and this is just kinda what I'm talking about where the Cavs got punched in the mouth in the first quarter, and it took them the better part of the first quarter to adapt to what Philly was throwing at them. But you saw a glimpse of what this Cavs team is at its core is. It's just they're a defensive first team, and using defense to convert to offense like that is just a pretty easy way for the Cavs to kind of get back into it. And you, you felt it at times. Obviously, the Sixers kind of kept them at arm's length away for the better part of this game, but it's also the preseason, so I can't read too much into this stuff. But it's just an interesting way to go about it just because it's defense leading to offense and it's just a nice play. I think I have seeing Isaac Okoro and Karis LeVert have like a meaningful impact at that little, the little vignette of them on the floor together was nice to see. Yes. All right. We're going to come back actually talk a little bit about Okoro and then talk about the Wade and love injury, putting that in quotes, injury news. But first Evan is going to tell everyone about our friends at prize picks. Sure thing, man. Today's episode of Locked on Cavs is brought to you by Prize Picks. To play, pick two to five players, and if they go and score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times the amount you bet on any entry. There's no competing against other people, it's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, maybe, maybe podcast advertisement segment lengths, and more. 
Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. And they offer safe and fast withdrawals. And they currently are operational in over 30 states in Canada. Ohio coming soon, hopefully. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepick.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON, that's one word, at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, back here on the Locked On Cavs podcast. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Damerill. So Evan, I, I want to ask you two games into the preseason. Um, what do you what are you feeling thinking ab- about Okoro and, and and what we've seen of him? Obviously, limited minutes preseason, all the caveats. But what have you made of of what we've seen from him so far? Not a ton of offensive production, at least in terms of shooting. I think he was over he was over two in game one. I'm going to pull up his stats to see his shooting numbers in game two. Just so I have them in front of me, um, he did not take a single three-pointer in Game 2, but you're seeing the aggression a little bit. I asked J.B. Bickerstaff about this after shoot practice one day, just like, hey, Isaac got to the free-throw line three times in Game 1 against Philly. Do you want him to use his physicality and aggressiveness to just get inside? Kind of wreak havoc on the interior, just especially. I, I said it without saying, like, just he isn't a plus shooter right now, and J.B.'s like, yeah, he's built like a machine, quote-unquote. And we want him to go in there and just kind of wreak havoc on the interior. And you saw a little bit of it. You saw him bringing the ball up on offense. You saw him doing a little bit of the things you want. But it just feels like Okoro still needs a little bit of that runway to grow and develop. And maybe it's because Karis LeVert played 25-ish minutes tonight. And then Dean Wade also played... His numbers are not in front of me right now. And I can't find it. But either way, or Dean Wade started. He played 22 minutes tonight. But he also played... A little bit at the three as well. Like, Isaac Coro is actively competing, but he hasn't done much for me at the end of the day to really say, like, yeah, this is the guy that the Cavs should pencil in as they're starting three opening night against Toronto. For me, it's it's Karis LeVert, and that's just kind of where I'm at two games into this. Yeah, I, I think we're seeing... I, I would be curious to see where, like, the, the tracking data says about this. That data's not public, though, so, like, I have to, like, figure yeah. out how to get it. But, um... I I I feel like he's moving a little bit more. I I don't feel like you're seeing him like finish things and like you know he had that he had that um transition situation where like he maybe was like a little more explosive than we saw at times last year, but like he just he didn't finish it. And like he's gonna have to maximize those opportunities to kind of yeah. leverage those situations. Like that's like him getting out and running is not necessarily even a, a new thing. So I I think he's been fine. I I. I Again, it's a, let's see what the regular season tells us. Let's see what his shooting looks like when, when that kind of settles down and those shots are are funneled his his way in, in high mm-hmm. leverage moments or, or just in the natural flow of the game. Okay, we have two little injury things to discuss here. Let's do Dean Wade first. Leaves the game in the third quarter with an injury. Uh, JB Bickerstaff says after the game that it's something that if this was like a they're they're being cautious that it's fine. This is the point of the preseason. You just don't really want to like risk rotation players with if they have little tweaks just pull them out and like play the uh, the guys that'll probably be in the G League in a week anyway. Yeah, that's, I I I asked him about it and he's just like, "Yeah, he's he said he could have gone back into the game, but why risk it?" And that's pretty much the mentality you need to have with any player, especially a guy who may be a 
part of your rotation for the better part of the regular season and beyond. Um, you don't want them to suffer a meaningless injury in a game that has no actual value or weight to it. And that's why you're probably seeing Evan Mobley just shut down for the entire preseason. And it wouldn't surprise me if like a lot of the key guys maybe didn't play against Orlando on Friday either. Um, curious to see if they treat like the, the Wednesday game as like, all right, let's just try to go all out ish. Like they, they treat it like an actual NFL preseason where like game three is the dress rehearsal. Then game four, everybody just hangs out with a, their ball cap on the sidelines. I mean, we got Isaiah Mobley first quarter minutes in this game. So like, I mean, that was surprising. Danny kind of <laughs> like, wow, Isaiah Mobley being the first sub off the bench is not something I expected. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta let Robin Lopez like get a little leg rest and, you know, let the, let the young guy go out and, and run around and stuff. Okay. The, the other injuries, Kevin Love, uh, you said he, banged knees in the last preseason game against Philly. Again, precautious sort of thing. This is also just, I think, bigger with Kevin. I would suspect you handle stuff like this with Kevin that way this year. That he's going to be, I, I think he's just, I, you know, we, we talk about this in the show kind of, I think, in different ways, but I think he's really, really important to just how things are going to function this year with the spacing. I, I think, like, obviously, I think the how things looked, um... I think when he's clearly out there, just you feel things are a little more stretched in a positive way offensively. Again, like just just be cautious. There's there's no reason to like play Kevin Love at this point. Even if this happened in the regular season, like even I know five days off, all that stuff. But like, just I, play the long game and and be holistic. I think with Kevin is is what I would sort of say here. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think we were be I was beating around the bush about it with this game. It's like you could really tell that the lack of Kevin Love out there really did kind of throw out the funk a little bit for this Cavs team too because the space and gravity Kevin Love gives you really does unlock a lot of things for the Cavs, just especially if they want to get some easier looks at the at the bucket first and maybe make defenses collapse on the interior more. It also just makes Jared, like, no disrespect to Dean Wade, but, like, Kevin Love just leaks, leaps and bounds a better player than Dean Wade in terms of shooting and just at their perspective points in their careers right now, just where I stand too. But it's just not that. It's not just the shooting. It's the passing. It's small things like that. It's the rebounding as well. Like you really noticed that um, Jared Allen at times was kind of getting worked a little bit by the Sixers because he was just like the lone body. And then you were seeing the Cavs get a lot of offensive boards just grabbed against them. And like it's it's Jared Allen and Dean Wade banging down low. And in reality, it's just Jared Allen trying to fight off the Sixers going small. And if you have... Evan Mobley out there with him, if you have Jared Allen out there with him, like it, it would make, or not, sorry, not Jared Allen, Kevin Love out there with him. Um, it would just make the rebounding battle like a little bit more balanced at the end of the day. But that's just the reality of the situation. And yeah, like you said, a holistic approach is the right way to go about this. He is going to be a key piece for you, whether he starts, whether he comes off the bench, somewhere in between that too, just depending on what the Cavs need that night. And they should handle him delicately so that he is more available more often than not. Then on this, so uh, Danny Cunningham, we've Danny just getting free ads, unbelievable stuff for for him. Just tweeted out a, a quote from the the post game from Darius Garland on how long it will take to acclimate with Donovan Mitchell, which I think is sort of the crux of what we've been talking about. Sort of the crux of I I think that's maybe the most notable thing we can talk about in this. But the quote is, I, I think pretty. It is as far as Darius Garland quotes go, notably. So I said, "quote." It, it raised my eyebrow when he said it. I was just like, "Huh." 
Well, he led it with the to be honest with you, which I always yeah. am like. It always makes me like, I always do like a little take with that. So I say, quote, to be honest with you, I never had a dynamic threat like that for real. Just a go get a bucket type. So I can't tell you. It took me invert, as in cares for it, a couple of games like actual real life games. I mean, hopefully a couple of games. So hopefully it's Atlanta and, and Orlando next games. We can start getting a feel for each other and just go from there. I, I think that speaks to this. Like, this is just going to be a thing where, like, their give and take is going to take some time. I think they'll both be better off for it. That has kind of long been, I think, the position of us on this show that they, these guys are both going to benefit from that partnership. The fit is really, really, I think, clean, especially offensively. But it's this is going to take some time. This is going to yeah. take a little bit of time to really mold into what the Cavs are hoping it's going to be, I would believe. Yeah, and I think you're frankly lying to yourself if you think this is going to be like hit the ground running kind of instant success. And that's that's kind of the nice thing when it comes to this the Cavs acquiring Donovan Mitchell is they do have a bit of a three-year runway to kind of figure things out, kind of round out the end of this rotation, um, maybe actually add some proper wing depth to this roster still because they, they, the Cavs do need some of that still. And just kind of maybe figure out some of these odd bits you have towards the middle and back end of your rotation so that you can truly start becoming a competitive team as parts of the Eastern Conference age out and you can kind of just slot yourself in and start to level up a little bit and maybe take the reins of the situation. Yeah, even on the other note on that real quick, it's just like this is why Kobe Altman said this isn't title or bust this year. This is why like the organizational line has been like this isn't all in on this year. Like I think they understand that this and like this is why even with Ricky Rubio before the Mitchell trade was like this isn't about like Rick getting having Ricky Rubio for this season. I think the idea here is to have something that isn't like I, I think they're in on these seasons. Like obviously this isn't saying like they're not trying as hard or whatever. What we're I think what the idea is is it's like we know we have time and we know we we think we have time and you never know obviously. But I I think that's sort of the idea. Um, as yeah. far as this goes, like this is the, th- I think this has been the through line of like everything they've said for, for months now and kind of what the organization's position is, but on, I think almost everything they've, that has happened in the last several months. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And especially after they signed Ricky Rubio to that three-year contract, like it's clear that, that they're not just expecting him to be their backup point guard this year. It's next year and the year after that as well. And maybe they develop an in-house option in year two, or maybe the end of year one heading into year two, et cetera, and so on. But I don't know, it's interesting. But th- th- this Cavs team is built to win now and also built to win in the future, which makes them a very interesting and fun and exciting team. Not only now to cover, but looking down the line and without getting too far ahead of myself, it's pretty exciting to think about what their potential is this time next year as well. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to that eventually. I, I will need lots of sleep and cold brew to, to make Brother, my I'll way. be married by then probably at the time they're like truly competitive. That's And I'll be 30. We'll, we'll be old. All right. I want to thank you for making Locked on Cavs your first listen every we'll day. Be. This episode was produced by Jake Stevens, who I imagine is edits these podcasts, goes and sits on his yacht, and like has like some vanilla ice cream brought to him, um, a la Tyler Crater and Dijama. I want to thank you again for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. This episode was produced by the handsome, the wonderful Jake Stevens. Now make your second listen, Locked on Fantasy Basketball, host Josh Lloyd hosting number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available wherever. You get your podcast. We'll be back uh, Wednesday ahead of Cavs Magic with something. I'm going to figure that out. Evan's going to be 
uh, seeing a play, and I'm going to figure something out. And if not, we'll just uh, record after the game, and then, or excuse me, Atlanta on Wednesday. And then if we have to bump it a show to Saturday morning, cover that game, we'll figure it out. But until next time, I'm Chris. That's Evan. Check out Locked On Guardians, Locked On Browns, Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, all of that great stuff, and be well. I'll be dreaming the dream. <laughs> <laughs>